Let us go to the Lord again in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before You thanking You for preserving Your Word. We know that down through the centuries, Satan has attacked not only the whole of the Scriptures, the various parts of it at times. Even in the garden, one of the things that Satan did in tempting our first parents is to twist and speak a lie concerning the Scriptures. Our Lord said of him that he's a liar and the father of it. And he was a liar from the beginning. And sad to say, many people have been affected by the wiles of Satan. But we thank You that the Word of the Lord endures forever. And we thank You for the preaching of the Gospel. And we thank You that You see to it that it has not died out. At various times, it seems to be very low. At other times, it seems to be a time of revival. And yes, there have been counterfeit revivals and things of that nature down through the centuries. But we thank You that we have an absolute standard. The world wants to think that everything is relative and the only thing that is true is what some individual might think. The problem is that one individual thinks one thing and another thinks something else. But we do live in a world of absolutes. Only as they are upheld by the word of your power. For example, the sun continues to come up day by day. But someday, it may very well be that the sun will rise no more. We don't know exactly what all is going to be in the new heavens and the new earth. Some, in, some scriptures indicate that we won't need the sun anymore and it may not be there. And yet others talk about from one new moon to the other that we shall do various and sundry things. But we'll have to wait and see about all of that. But the whole thing about it is you're still the same God. And as you, your Word has testified, and as you have testified in your Word, that the Word of the Lord endures forever. Now we ask that you would bless us as we endeavor to study the Scriptures and contend for the faith that is once delivered for the saints. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. We come now to 1 John 5, verses 6 through 9. 
And in this is one of, if not the most, controversial passage in the Scriptures. And that's the seventh verse. I will give a longer quote later on in the messages, but as we uh, quoted this when we began chapter 5, Robert Trail said regarding 1 John 5 7, by the way, Robert Trail was an Irish clergyman that lived from the time of 1793 to 1847. But he said, a place of Scripture, talking about 1 John 5, 7, a place of Scripture that the devil's diligence hath, been, hath not been small to weaken and to beat out of the Bible, though in vain. In other words, Trail said, the devil's done a lot, of, a lot to try to keep this out of the Bible, but it's still there. <clears throat> and I'm going to make a huge uh, testimony of this passage in these as we go through these verses. And some of it may be somewhat... Uh, uh, not as uh, entertaining as it might be otherwise, but I want to make a good case study, though much more could be said than what I'll say, and I could say more than what I'll say, but I want uh, not only this congregation, which does believe it, but I want uh, the Internet world to know that I believe 1 John 5, 7 is part of God's Word. It is not to be removed as all of the modern translations with maybe the exception, with, with the exception of the New King James, though it keeps it in there in the text, it makes notes to infer that some of it shouldn't be there. But I am a valid uh, proponent of the Texas Receptus of the Greek New Testament and the Masoretic text of the Hebrew Old Testament. Uh, I didn't write uh, this down <clears throat> I may try to, if I think of it, I'll look it up and maybe mention it on the next Lord's Day with regard to John Owen. But John Owen and John Gill uh, gave uh, a treatise, John Owen, on two separate places, validating not only the Masoretic text of the Old Testament, but the Hebrew vowel points that they were not of modern, that is, between the, around the time of the intertestament period, that is, between Malachi and Matthew, that the vowel points were not added uh, at that late date, but they go back further. <clears throat> and the only place that I know where Gill's treatise is on that is on a website called Mount Zion Primitive Baptist Church at uh, Crown Point, Indiana. And the, the link for that is mountzionpbc.org. But you can find Gill's uh, dissertation on that. And, uh, but anyway... I hope that it won't be too tedious in what we're going to do, though I know some of it will be somewhat academic. 
But first John five verses six through nine. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we, rec- re- if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which He hath testified of His Son. Now notice, these verses, particularly verse 6 and 8, are connected by the water, the blood, and the Spirit as witnessing together on earth. In other, in other words, this is the witness on earth. And this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. And the One that came is equally the Son of God. Notice in verse 5, Who is He that overcometh the world, but He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Then it says in verse 6, This is He, the Son of God, this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. And then it ends up in verse 9 talking about which He has testified of His Son. So there's a lot of things that are involved in this passage. Not only the three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, which testifies of the Trinity, but also the fact that Jesus is and was the Son of God before He came to this earth. And I assure you that there have been volumes written in both of these uh subject matters. Nevertheless, it says that this is He that came. The idea of that came is not the idea that of progressive action that He is coming, nor is it it's just mainly saying this is a fact. Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, came to the earth. That's a fact. That's a fact. We were not alive when Jesus was on this earth, but it's a fact that He came. It's a fact that He came. And that Jesus, the Son of God, came. And I want to look at several passages of Scripture that testifies to this truth. This is the the fact that Jesus Christ came is the beginning of the gospel. Mark chapter one. Mark chapter 1. 
the beginning, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. If you're going to deny that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you have denied the gospel. You have denied the gospel. Not only in light of that, look at Romans chapter 1. Though we'll be skipping around on some of this, I assure you that we could multiply passages to prove each one of the points that we're bringing to our attention. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by the prophets, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared, and I want to point out the 2B is in italics. He was declared the Son of God. In other words, He wasn't made, He wasn't declared to be the Son of God after He came. He was declared, the one that came was declared the Son of God. With power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. Even though the resurrection of the dead did declare Him as the Son of God. Then dropping down to verse 9. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayer. But the point that I'm wanting is that Paul talks about the gospel being the gospel of the Son of God. The gospel of the Son of God. If you're wrong on the Son of God, you're wrong on the gospel. And if you're wrong on the Son of God, which is the one that came by flesh, and these three, the Father, the Son, or the Word, and the Holy Spirit are one, you have Him being part of the Trinity. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. How can three be one And how could one of the three that was eternal be a man? Because with God all things are possible. You you can't understand it. You can't figure it out. But you can believe it. As I've said many, many times, How is it that God can make something out of nothing? And yet, vain man refuses to believe that God made something out of nothing. But vain man says that the creation happened out of nothing. That it just blew up. Our vain man says that the material matter was always here. Well, so much for the thinking of vain man. That Jesus Christ was the Son of God prior to birth. Let's look in Luke chapter 1.
Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, that is, Gabriel said to Mary, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The holy thing that was born was the Son of God. He wasn't made the Son of God after He was born. But he, the, that holy thing that was in Mary, that holy thing that was born was the Son of God. There are other supporting scriptures. Matthew twenty one thirty seven. Here Jesus is giving the parable. of the vineyard. Well, I'll just begin reading verse 33 to set the context. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. Now, I don't have time to go back and prove all of this. We could go back to Isaiah uh, for one of the places. Uh, Isaiah chapter 5, really. But what it's talking about here, God likened Himself to a husbandman. And Israel was His vineyard. And the Jews of that day that knew the Scriptures would understand the implications of Christ. And then verse 34, And when the time of the fruit drew near, He sent His servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruit of it. By the way, I said that the uh, uh, the husbandman had built, uh, planted a vineyard. It was the householder that planted the vineyard. He had husbandmen or farmers to look after it. Verse thirty-five. And the husbandman took the servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Talking about what Israel had done to the prophets. Verse 36, Likewise, He sent another other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But verse 37, But at last of all, He sent unto them His Son, saying they will reverence My Son. Now I read this to show that it's talking about God sent his son. God didn't send the second person of the Trinity to become the son. God sent his son. He was a son before he was sent. You see what we're that's this is the point that we're making. And we're reading several passages of scripture to show that Jesus was the Son of God prior to birth. God sent His Son. He didn't send something to become His Son. 
All right. John chapter 3. Even among our own denomination a few years ago, there was a huge controversy over this very thing that some said that Jesus was not a son until after He was born. They deny the eternal sonship of Christ. I deny that. John chapter 3, verse 17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the son, the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. But the point is that God sent His Son. He didn't send the Word to become His Son. He sent the Son. Chapter 5 of John. Verse 23. that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent Him. Now put that in there to show that we must know the truth of the Son of God as we must know the truth of the Father. And if you don't honor one, you don't honor the other. They stand or fall together. And by the way, that is in harmony with 1 John 5-7, these three are one. That's what the scholars want to take out. These three are one. If you, didn't, if you don't honor the Son, you don't honor the Father. You can't you can't love God without loving Christ. And you can't hate Christ without hating the Father. Even First John made that plain. Chapter 6, verse 4. Well, I got the wrong... Let's go to chapter uh, chapter 10. I don't know what I was looking for. In John chapter 6. John chapter 10. Verse 36. Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world. Thou blasphemest because I said, I am the Son of God. Who did the Father send? The Son of God. He sent the Son of God. Look at Galatians 4. Verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. But who did God send? He sent His Son. He didn't send something to become His Son. Galatians 4.4, 4, God sent His Son. God sent His Son.
First John chapter four. And verse nine. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, I assure you that I could multiply more passages, but that ought to be enough to show that God sent His Son. He sent His Son. He didn't send the second person to become the Son. He didn't send the Word to become the Son. He didn't send something to become the Son. He sent the Son. Plain language should testify of this truth. And somebody has to have an agenda that they're trying to deny the sonship, the eternal sonship of the Lord Jesus Christ to say otherwise of these verses. Jesus is the Christ or the Messiah as the Son. Look in Luke chapter 4. We're showing that God sent His Son. We're showing that the Sonship of Christ, we first of all showed that the Sonship of Christ is inclusive of the Gospel. Then we showed, we just got through showing that that the Sonship of Christ is prior to His birth. Now we're going to show that Jesus, who is the Messiah or Christ, is the Son of God. You say, well, it should be obvious. It should be, but to some people it's not sad to say. In Luke chapter 4, verse 41. And the devils, note that, this is something the devils knew. And devils also came out of many crying out and saying, saying to who? To Jesus, Thou art Christ. When you see Christ, that's the same as Messiah. I won't take the time to prove that. Thou art Christ, the Son of God. And He rebuking them, suffered them not to speak, for they knew that He was Christ. In other words, they were speaking to Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Son of God. The humanity of Jesus was not eternal. And we don't have time to go into all of this, but you have to realize the second person of the Trinity had two natures. He had a divine nature and a human nature. Jesus didn't have two persons. He had one he was one person. But he was the son of God. As divine. 
He was also human. He was complete human. He was complete divine. But Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. John 20. The Gospel of John, chapter 20. Verse 31. But these are written. In other words, the things... Well, let's read verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. There are other miracles that are in the other Gospels that are not recorded in the book of John. There were seven miracles that John recorded. And he said these, he said other miracles could have been, but these were written, verse 31, but these, the seven that are mentioned in the Gospel of John, are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Notice that. The man Jesus is the Christ. But the, the person of Jesus was the Son of God. One person, two natures. Jesus was the Messiah. Should we say Jesus is the Messiah? Jesus is the Son of God. This is essential to believing the Gospel. This is one of the essentials of the doctrine of the Trinity. The Father did not become flesh. The Holy Spirit did not become flesh. The Son became flesh. You see that? That needs to be that needs to be uh, well established. And these verses in 1 John 5 contribute to that and is, I'm showing some of the background of 1 John 5 that's essential that we believe and know and testify. John the Baptist testified of this in John chapter 1, verse 34. John chapter 1, verse 34. <clears throat> John said, And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. And we already saw where the devils declared Him to be the Son of God. And many other passages could be shown likewise. John chapter 3, in verse 18 He's the only uniquely begotten. John 3.18 He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
Now, that does not mean that at one time there was God or God the Father. And then at some point in eternity, God created Christ or the second person. And then at some later time, the Father and the Son produced the Holy Spirit. Now often the Trinity is presented that way. But what this is saying is that Jesus Christ was the Son of God as long as the Father was the Father. And I'll go on to say that the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit just as long as Jesus and the Father were in existence. The Holy Spirit didn't start at one time. The Son didn't start at one time. And obviously God didn't start at one time. They were the eternal three. And they are one. John 10, 30 says plainly, Well, verse 36, I believe. Well, let's look at John 10, 36. No, 10, 30. He said, I and my Father are one. But in verse 36, he says, Say ye of Him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God. Who is it that the Father sent into the world? The Son of God. The Son of God. He sent the Son of God into the world. And Jesus testified of Himself, I am the Son of God. And if that's not enough, in John chapter 19, Verse 7, the Jews answered him, We have a law by our law. He ought to be, he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. The Jews knew that Jesus was said that he was the Son of God. The death of Christ testified of this. Look in Matthew chapter 27. Matthew 27. At the death of Christ, when He yielded up the ghost and the veil of the temple was rent in twain and the rocks rent and uh, later on people came out of the graves and walked through the city but notice verse 54 now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, now notice what this Roman centurion and others said, truly, this was the Son of God. Over and over and over the Scriptures testify that Jesus was the Son of God. The Apostle Paul's first sermon after his conversion 
testifies of this in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. After his baptism and eating meat, verse 20, And straightway he, that is Paul, preached Christ the Messiah in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. He is the Son of God. This is our high priest that is seated in heaven right now. Hebrews chapter 4. In verse 14. Hebrews 4.14 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And then, I'm going to forgive to us quickly in 1 John, several passages 1 John 3.8 He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Chapter 4, verse 15 Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. Chapter 5, verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. Verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Verses 11. This is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Verse 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse 20, And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding and that we may know Him that is true and we are in Him that is true, even in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And though I don't have it written down here, uh, you remember that we've given it many, many times. John seventeen three. And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom Thou hast sent. And I assure you that we could have multiplied many, many, many more passages of Scripture to show that this is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that He is the, uh, the second person of the Trinity and that it is essential that we know that these three are one. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Next, we want to take up the water and the blood. Notice it said in verse 6, and this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. 
if we want to look at that. And we we won't start it this morning. We'll come back to that this afternoon because if we were to start, we wouldn't even get started very well. We'd have to stop. So we'll just cut the morning service a little bit short and take up here this afternoon. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank You for the testimony of Your Word. We recognize the seriousness of the matter and ask that you would indelibly print this truth in our minds and souls and hearts and that we might enjoy the fellowship of Thy darling Son, our Savior, Redeemer, and High Priest, our Prophet, Priest, and King, our Lord and our Master. And it is in His name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> 